don't adjust your settings and welcome to Music on Edge's third podcast. I'm out here um, on location again. The last time I was on location was in London's West End. But I'm now back in the southwest of England and out on Dartmoor. And I've ventured outside into the dark evening of a November's evening um, and really the light in, in our northern hemisphere uh, winter's days is so so short um, coming up sort of at about eight in the morning the sun and it's disappeared ages ago now um, we're here sort of about quarter to seven in the evening but it's been just one of those dreary dull days and I just wanted to bring in um, sort of this incredible sound of a, a stream in the background and the gentle breeze around us um, and this has been an inspiration to our music so uh, I wanted to share just a little bit of this sound of silence when it's not silence at all here's a little bit more Stunning. It's a stunning part of the British Isles, one of the national parks. Um, I'm very lucky to spend a lot of my time down here in the southwest of England. I'm just moving back now, going back up to the house. So you're going to hear me ditching my wellies. I'm probably taking the wind mic off the microphone. Here we go, just getting in now. Oh, it's cosy in here. Oh, that's better. Definitely leaving me outside. Outside now, I'm in a cosy cottage. And in the snug and warmth now inside a Dartmoor cottage. So, uh, welcome. What I thought I might do just as I settle in, is play a little excerpt from um, an album which was our first release. It was called Mariner's Way, and it was on the Future Music Record label. The album number was FMRCD 291. And this CD explores the mythical journey of the Mariner, travelling across Dartmoor on the ancient track known as the Mariner's Way. It actually connected sailors who came in from their trips and journeys way back when, and maybe they came into Dart Dartmouth um, on the south coast and needed to get up to Appledore on the North Devon coast. And it was way before Uber taxis and the like, even though I think Uber weren't doing the taxiing part of their work so good the other day. I think their app went down. But it was when they had to put don the boots and to literally get their next gig, they had to walk um, across uh, the whole of Devon. And um, 
from the high uh, hills in in the um, if you're going sort of up from the cliffs of Devon up from the, to from the shore and then you've got two incredible moors you've got to navigate eventually and um, depending on your which one first I suppose if you're going south to north you'd go over Dartmoor first and eventually end up over Exmoor and wind your way down to even more hillier cliffs on the North Devon coast and um, there you'd be uh, in Appledore uh, and looking for your next literally your next gig but this time as a mariner and we recorded a CD Mariner's Way which was to give this sort of flavour of this mariner fictitious fictitious person but there are there's a route on Dartmoor called the Mariner's Way which is part of a larger route uh, called the Two Moors Way and I thought maybe I'd just play um, a track um, called Reindeer Moss and this is the second track on the CD and I really felt for me it sort of give, gave the real um, flavour of what we just heard at the beginning of uh, this podcast so here we are taking you outside again but musically this time for uh, part of Reindeer Moss from Mariner's Way ghostly sounds of Susie Hodder Williams playing a bass flute. The bass flute was actually made by Eva Kingma. Um, Eva is a flautist or flute maker who lives in um, the Netherlands and she's known for her um, alto flutes and bass flutes and also um, for a system um, she's developed her own system on um, the flute, a key system called a key on key system. So, um, and what this allows the player to do, very excitingly, is to play um, the quarter tones. So that actually, there's a key mechanism inbuilt on some of her flutes. You can choose to have this if you wish, and where you can actually play um, in between the semitones. So in 
an octave in Western music. There are 12 notes between. Um, so if you're going from C to C, you, you go C, C sharp, D, D sharp, E, F, F sharp, G, etc. By the time you've gone all the way around, you've landed back where you started, but an octave higher, and there, you'd, there would be 12 notes there. But um, if you're playing a fiddle, in, fiddle instrument, sorry, a string instrument, or um, maybe an ethnic instrument, which is open hold, you can actually play those brilliantly bluesy or those ethnic sounds of quarter tones or bending notes. And Eva developed this system um, on the flute, where um, on a bass flute, it's a closed hole instrument because uh, your fingers wouldn't be able to stretch um, to cover the holes because it's a very large instrument. So she got around this where you couldn't uh, slide your fingers off the instrument um, to create quarter tones. She de developed this key-on-key key system. Uh, so um, certain composers have written for this uh, quarter tone music or microtonality music. But that uh, little excerpt there was actually um, Susie uh, trying to invoke the windswept nothingness but everythingness of Dartmoor and that was on our Mariner's Way CD which um, we released back in 2009 and I'm sort of going a little bit on a retrospective I think when you get to the we're halfway through now December 2008 and I think there's a tendency when you're coming up bumping up to the end of the year Generally, you sort of um, look back, see what way, where you've come from and where you've arrived. And I thought it would be fun to do sort of a retrospective of uh, what Music on the Edge and its uh, various activities around Music on the Edge have been involved with over this year. Um, and the reason I sort of had a look at Mariner's Way was first of all I wanted to take you outside onto Dartmoor which is the start of this podcast and sort of so you could hear some of the the elements the real elements of um, nature um, and how nature has inspired music on the edges music uh, and it was this CD that um, the sculptor Andre Wallace had heard and has been very much part of this year for us um, because because of this contact via recording the recording of Mariner's Way Andre had heard this recording and invited us to provide the music um, for an uh, exhibition of his which um, opened in October of this year at Poole Museum called Voyage. And um, what we uh, did with this um, was went and visited Andre in his home, and he lives up in Somerset, again out, really out into the countryside, and uh, sort of had a lovely time sort of just, when you're going to work with someone obviously you need to see if the chemistry's 
right if there's a feel there. Well, the chemistry was certainly right. We had a lovely meal. And um, it was a beautiful late summer's day when we met him. And that was a few, a couple of years ago. But there was this um, opening he was working towards. And this was where he could show the last 15 years of his work. And as I mentioned, he's a sculptor and he sculptures in um, different materials, metals, resins. But also um, part of this work were uh, his drawings, um, which are very large scale sketches and drawings. So we went to visit him in his home and then we also went and saw his workspace and saw some of the um, pieces he was going to exhibit, but in that development, developmental stage um, where they were unfinished. And that was really, um, for us, felt a real, uh, what do I say, honour? Or it was really interesting to actually see work in progress, which in music, it's very often you don't get to explore that stage of development, that development stage. Um, very often a new work is presented to the listener. Maybe you're there at the world premiere, and it's a very exciting time. But it's the finished thing. Um, you've never had the opportunity to, I suppose it'd be like bringing up a child, or uh, you've gone on that journey, that voyage and seeing it from something which is an artistic journey uh, develop. Um, you haven't, very rarely in music do you get that opportunity. You could argue now um, that there are uh, s systems in place for composers when they're working with an ensemble where there's an opportunity to workshop um, ideas, etc. So, um, in a way, there is that, but very often those workshops are more in-house and not open to the general public. Um, so, again, in music, you usually just see the finished thing, and as a musician, you sort of present it and you hope it works, or people enjoy it, or people get a sense of what you are trying to achieve. And this was with Andre. We went to his um, work studio. Uh, up in London, and it was in a very, very different space to uh, where we are down here on Dartmoor, and he is in Somerset, um, because it went back to an area for me, took me back to my time when I studied at Guildhall, because I used to live just off the Roman Road in London's East End, a really vibrant area and community. But again, a lot of people from all walks and cultures of life. Um, it was a, an area of lots of uh, traffic and uh, um, high-rise blo uh, blocks of flats mixed with old uh, Victorian houses. And if you wanted to escape uh, to any place of calm there, it was a, there was a lovely park called Victor Victoria Park. I used to go and run around, um, which is a fantastic green space there in the east end of London. And if you keep travelling east along the Roman Road, eventually um, you're going to hit the uh, Black Wall Tunnel approach road, which is really a motorway, um, which is uh, probably 
uh, everyone in South London's uh, hate road because how often has a lorry attempted to go through the Blackwall Tunnel and it's been too high and you'd get that dreadful thing on the radio. This was slightly before um, Google Maps and things when I was uh, driving in East London. So you'd hear it on the radio and it would say the Blackwall Tunnel's closed. Uh, I'm mentioning this road because Andre's studio was just off the Blackwall Tunnel. So it was bringing all these memories back to me in a very urban area. Um, we went into what was the old fire station there and he had his studio. And we had time to be around these works in progress, some of them covered in cloths, some of them um, being worked on by Andre. And we could sort of get a feel, a sense, and we um, took little videos on our iPhones and pictures, and we took those away with us, um, where this was the material that we were going to go away and work with. And we went um, to a studio um, down on the south coast of England, in a, near Broadstairs. And in this studio, um, we'd recorded there uh, before with the Delta Saxophone Quartet. And it's called Big Jelly Studios. It's down in Ramsgate. And if ever you want to find... A, a studio that feels nothing like a studio, where space, you don't feel cooked up or enclosed by the space. This studio, for me, has everything. Again, it's an old Victorian um, chapel. And the, the height is brilliant in the, in the room, so you've got real space in there. And the control room is sort of upstairs. So you actually have to climb some stairs to get up to the control room and you're down below. Um, and we've really felt uh, that we could enjoy this space within the studio. And the, f uh, the other thing I loved about it was if you wanted to come down from the control room, um, you didn't have to take the stairs. They had a little slide that you could actually... It reminded me, reminded me of... Um, when I used to go to my grandparents up in Barrow and Furness and we used to go to the park and there was always uh, the swings and the roundabouts and the slide and it was highly polished this slide, metal and uh, it was that it was real joyfulness of having something crazy like that in, a, in this recording studio and it sort of gave a freedom to uh, our work um, Susie and I I'd gone in there with some ideas of what we were going to record, but there were little sketches, but we didn't exactly know what we were going to put together. So we put it, we again looked at the pictures we'd taken of Andre's works, and um, sort of tried to get into that space of where we'd been with Andre before, and what we were going to create were soundscapes that could describe physical things. In a way, with the uh, Dartmoor soundscapes, um, it, obviously Dartmoor's physical with its granite and its big landscapes, but it was also the air and things like that moving around it. With Andre's works, they were, they were form. They were sculptured, they were solid, or they were drawings. Um, so in a way, we needed to create movement and life 
as if we were walking around these sculptures. And having the space in this beautiful studio uh, meant we could do this. So we had a whole day of recording. But the other thing, we brought our instruments from bass clarinet, soprano sax, baritone sax, flute, piccolo. But we also took on board what was available in the studio. And we hadn't pre-ordered any of this. It just happened to be there. And um, what was there was this a harmonium, a Victorian vintage harmonium. And it wasn't a plan, but... Um, what we, in the end, uh, managed to embed in our sculptured music uh, on a record, the recording we made for Andre's music was uh, this harmonium, and it's going to be the last track on a CD we're releasing of our musical sculptures to accompany Andre's sculptures. And this CD is looking forward now into 2019 because it's going to be released in 2019 but it happened because of looking back to 2009 and Andre hearing Mariner's Way it's going to be released on the FMR label and it's um, their CD 511 and the name of the CD is Coracle of Life um, and it's inspired by Andre Wallace's sculptures and drawings um, called Voyage and if you want to see these sculptures, um, get down to Poole Museum uh, before the 6th of January 2019 because um, his work is on display both in the very entrance hall of the museum, uh, the main entrance, but then if you go up to the first floor, there's one gallery there and up to, onto the second floor, so there's a real voyaging um, in this. Um, there's another gallery there and uh, our music, some of it taken from this CD, The Coracle of Life, is accompanying this, these sculptures. Uh, and this um, release will be in early 2019, but our work around it, the fact that the music has been being played in 2018, has been very much part of this year for us. Um, what this has opened up as well, with Pool Museum having um, an outreach project as part of getting people to come into a museum, because it's a, it's a living space and it's amazing how engaging, maybe mentally you think of a museum of, as, again, things a little bit in aspic or things that have happened, but um, I probably thought that as well, in a way, you're going back into history and you're looking at that. But it's actually very much relating um, experiences of history with the now and the potential for the future. And I think it's incredible how museums, and certainly the Pool Museum, has um, brought things alive with all of the, um, all of the displays on, which they have there, but also having Voyage um, Andre's display. Part of their work has been bringing people in um, for, from school children uh, and having sort of an open house because all of the museum entries are free uh, in the UK, which is just a brilliant um, thing to have 
but still in this country we say entry is free for all. It's open for anyone, um, which is just a celebration. If you feel you can make a contribution, there's that opportunity. Or you might want to contribute by um, signing the visitor's book. And I had a little nose in the visitor's book. and It was really moving to see how some people had come once and been touched by this exhibition and wanted to come back again and revisit uh, the exhibition again. And um, as a musician, having your music underscoring Andre's works was very exciting. But another aspect of the museum was um, bringing in a few weeks ago a group of people um, which touched me and moved me a lot because the, these were people living with um, a person who's got uh, mental health problems or particularly in this case uh, Alzheimer's or a form of dementia. So and it was giving time and space um, for uh, people who um, ha had got this Alzheimer's at various levels. Um, obviously, obviously, it's very personal to each person. And their helpers and carers, and often their helpers and carers were husbands or wives. Um, but it was giving them an opportunity to come into the museum, have the space to be around um, these sculptures and be around the music. And just having that time and space to be. And it was very interesting um, being part of their journey on the day, because I came with them um, as one of the observers, not really a helper at all in the museum. Um, really to observe how um, art and music can affect people in all walks of life and all stages of health. And what I realised was music and also they were t uh, the sculptures are so tactile because you can they're not in a in an ivory tower um, ringed off where you can't touch them. So you can go around the sculpture and get up close, or you can stand back from it. Um, I say sculpture, there's many different sculptures. Uh, and it was watching uh, people's own personal voyage through the museum space and seeing a smile on the face or an inquisitive look or, or hearing a laugh or seeing an opportunity just to be still. The opportunity for me to watch this and just be around it, um, I found inspirational. And I also found that it's so easy to think or judge or prejudge something where you think, goodness me, this might be difficult. Or this might, and or people might be struggling with the context Everyone, when you're experiencing art or experiencing new sounds, music, you, you can only experience it from your own place, your own truth. And you find a place where it sits with you. 
And, um, and that's what I really recognise. It's not being having to um, say, even if you like something or dislike something, you just experience the being around it. And I realised that everyone there um, was in a place of perfect health in that moment, whatever their struggles, future, future aspects, prospects are, or what they've had to come through. What I experienced were people enjoying having time, place, space, and comfort, which Poole Museum provided, and Andre's works were a reason to go there. And I was touched that I felt the music worked as a supporting narrative to that. Um, so that was just a lovely, in a way, a feel-good factor um, to know that, that that was seeing um, our work in that environment was just um, exciting for, for uh, me. Um, I had the opportunity afterwards, this is also a lovely part, because um, the opportunity afterwards to have tea and cake, which is such an English thing to do with uh, everyone who'd been involved and be able to chat with them and find out what it had triggered for them. Um, I also took my tenor saxophone along and did a little bit of a sing-along, which has nothing to do with the music, but it was just to have some live music uh, in the tea and cake place afterwards. And it was fun to do a few requests. And that was just music being entertaining, and I just wanted to be part of that. But if you've got a chance, do get along to um, Poole Museum. And uh, it's in a fantastic part of Poole. It's right down on the port. So uh, it's a fun, fun place to go. And um, have a look at uh, what's coming. But what I could do is just play a little bit of this, um, I'd say the one with the harmonium, uh, which was just something that um, we'd picked up in the studio, as I mentioned. So this is harmonium and piccolo, a little s excerpt from The Folk of Life, which will be out on FMR Records in the spring. He's a little taster.
So that's the final track, uh, The Folk of Life, uh, which is going to be out on um, FMR Records early in the spring. And the CD is called The Coracle of Life, and it's Susie Hodder Williams and Chris Caldwell, inspired by the sculptures of Andre Wallace. And again, the CD is FMR CD 511. So uh, keep a look out for that. It will be available um, from CD Baby and uh, also as downloads on Apple and Amazon. So uh, watch this space on that and I will be tweeting about it. Um, going back into, I said it was a slight retrospective year, going back, the beginning of the year was incredible because um, we'd got a, a CD launch with the Delta Saxophone Quartet, one of the satellite groups of um, a CD which we'd recorded, which had been inspired by um, a period of life where David Bowie went to Berlin, the great iconic pop artist creator, David Bowie, and what was called his Berlin years. And the CD uh, we recorded for this, again for FMR Records, and um, that's I'm just having a look. It's FMR CD 473, Bowie, Berlin and Beyond, by the Delta Saxophone Quartet. Um, it had been inspired by these uh, Bowie's Berlin years, where he'd started to look more at um, really ambient music and orchestral palettes, because he was working with uh, Brian Eno, and Brian had released various pieces on his obscure label, which is very much like FMR records in a way, where it embeds contemporary classical, experimental, free jazz. Uh, you name it, it's, it's out on <laughs> FMR records. Um, so it is obscure in that sense. And on obscure, there were uh, John Cage, Michael Nyman, Gavin Bryars, um, all had um, works released on this Brian Eno label. And uh, there are two composers we've worked a lot with, um, based up in the north of England. David Lancaster, he's up at York St. John University um, as director of um, music up there. And David Powell, who's uh, based in Grimsby and runs um, um, a contemporary music festival in Grimsby. But these composers also come together and work on uh, a series, um, a contemporary music series called uh, Late Music York with Steve Crowther. Uh, and that's based up in York. And the album launch of Bowie, Berlin and Beyond was scheduled for early March, um, which is beautiful. Should have been daffodil time and spring and easy traveling. Of course, the first week if anyone can think back to the first week of March, the UK was covered in uh, a blanket of snow brought over. I think it was called The Beast from the East. I think The Beast from the East had a couple of goes at us. And uh, suddenly um, we were in a serious problems even getting to our usual rehearsal places up in Sandy, up in Bedfordshire. Um, but we didn't know if we were going to be able to make the launch. Uh, it was quite funny because years and years ago, um, we were in a situation where we did a launch for 
a CD called Facing Death Music by based around the composer, Dutch composer Louis Andreessen. And we did the launch without having a CD because our record label at the time had let us down. Um, FMR Records came to our rescue and that was my first working with Trevor, but it wasn't his fault that the CD wasn't there for the launch. We'd gone to him too late for that. But uh, so we did the concert and the CD launch without a CD. And I was really fearful that we were gonna be in a situation where we are gonna have a CD, but no um, musicians. We did make it up there. And I would, this is something which is um, where we combine the music of Eno, David Bowie, some free improvisations, and uh, also the works of David Power and um, David Lancaster as the beyond Bowie. It was bringing in the contemporary with it. And as a CD, looking at um, sales and Spotify, it's just been incredible year for the quartet to have something where we seem to have touched on uh, something that's become, for us, popular. Uh, it's been ten times on Spotify and iTunes as many plays and streams. Um, again, it's we're not talking Madonna. We're not millionaires by any stretch of the imagination. But this um, CD seems to have got through the cracks and taken a contemporary saxophone quartet playing contemporary music into an area where people are willing to give it a go and have a listen. Um, some of the Bowie tracks covered with The Speed of Life, Heroes, Breaking Glass, um, Art Decade. Um, we also had a little look at um, some of the film work and other works of Eno but also um, had a look at uh, a beautiful track by Sakamoto. And it was of a film that Bowie was involved in where he was up to his neck buried by the Japanese uh, officer. He was, a, he was a war, a prisoner of war Bowie. And um, I thought it was rather apt because we're, here we are get, drawing to the end of the month and we've got all the celebration of Christmas and the excitement of Christmas um, coming up, but also, um, in a way, realising how lucky we are to live in uh, a country which is free from war at the moment, even though our parliament seems to be doing the pantomime rather well at the moment, because today um, our Prime Minister doing, dancing the Brexit dance, I think, is... Uh, had a, a vote of no confidence, um, the result yet to be confirmed. But really these are, and they are important matters and Brexit, etc. as a touring musician has its impacts. We might chat about that on a pod when we know what's happening, because no one does at the moment, but these are phony wars. Um, but when you're thinking of uh, the English prisoners of war in uh, Japan and the Second World War in general, and the loss of life there, and obviously the very first podcast was on Remembrance Sunday and talking about silence. I thought maybe you could might just enjoy a little snip of Christmas cheer, and this is an arrangement of Sakamoto's Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, and the arra arrangement is by um, 
Adrian Ravel, who's a brilliant saxophonist. He toured with Jamera Kwai, currently playing in London's West End in Motown. And Adrian um, has been involved in arranging a number of um, pieces for the quartet on our Dedicated For You album. But this was his, his little snip of Merry Christmas, just to sort of wish all the li listeners here to this part and just want to wish you a Merry Christmas. So uh, here we go. Wish everyone listening into this podcast a very happy Christmas or happy holidays. Have time to be with your families and uh, thank you for joining us this year on Music on the Edge and the Delta Saxophone Quartet. Um, I look forward to seeing you in the new year on uh, social media. I'm hoping to make these pods again, as I said, going out and interviewing some other of my friends and colleagues. Um, and hopefully they're an insight into the world of music on the edge. Uh, New Year's resolution for me is probably to try and keep off social media a little bit. I think it's all consuming and can seem uh, sometimes go off at angles I don't quite intend to do. And I think I'm going to spend more time trying to create. So free up my life a little bit and uh, just post the music on the edge things on social media otherwise it can get rather too dramatic uh, some, at, at times I think um, and there's more in the outside world than what, whatever is on Twitter or Facebook etc but I will be posting the odd thing on there so um, again thank you very much uh, and look forward to seeing you very soon in the new year 2019 where there's lots to look forward to. Until then, very, very best wishes. <laughs>